we are living in a digital age and in an age of information information is just few clicks away there is chat gpt there is bard there are so many other generative ai applications that have ready answers for all your questions but you need to ask the right question and today's video is all about asking the right questions to your clothing manufacturer hi welcome to yet another episode of fashion business insider i'm your host karan bose founder of ula global today we are going to talk about what questions you should ask to a clothing manufacturer now even if you have received a list of manufacturers suppliers vendors of your for your fashion brand but you are not sure what to ask beyond the basic question of what is moq and you really don't have a second level of question which is what to ask after moqs and why moqs are even important so if all those questions are you know uh, taking up your mind space and you are confused or you want to learn more watch this video carefully till the end let's roll in now the first and most burning question if you are looking for a clothing manufacturer or a clothing supplier is moq and i get it you want to get the lowest of lowest quantities and you want to have a large variety everyone wants that you are not the only one now the thing is you need to understand what is moq how moq is calculated and most importantly what is the difference between moq and mcq very few people get into the second level of discussion after moq so what what next you basically filter out okay this is 200 pieces this is another supplier with 5000 pieces moq so i'll go with someone with 200 pieces and that's your filtration criteria and you close your door like that so if that is what you intend to do i think that's a very wrong approach and i'm going to talk more on what you should ask when it comes to moq what is moq first of all you should only work with suppliers who have some reputation because there are just too many bad players in the industry and you don't want to get stuck with someone who has very limited reputation online offline everywhere so my recommendation would be to find and shortlist suppliers number 1 on their reputation and then only have a discussion on moqs now once you have shortlisted this supplier this clothing vendor this clothing manufacturer you should ideally not only talk to them about moqs but also try to understand how these guys are calculating their moqs so it could be probably they have some fabric minimums the raw material it could be something with their own infrastructure they are trying to offset their infrastructure cost with the number of quantities so if you are doing 1000 pieces they have a infrastructure cost of 10000 for example dollars so they will split that 10000 dollars into your 1000 pieces so it's almost like you should try to ask them what is the rationale what is the logic behind the calculation for those moqs 
logic behind MOQs. Once you get a reply about MOQs, you should definitely ask the supplier how they even calculated the MOQ. Now, I know you will be thinking, hey, it doesn't matter to me. They have given this MOQ and this is, you know, take it or leave it. That's not how it is. And I can tell you that completely from my own experience as a clothing supplier. MOQs are always a logical calculation, period. Now, whether your supplier wants to disclose that to you, whether you are interested to know that information in first place, those are different conversations. But essentially, there is a very, very clear-cut logical statement of how your MOQs match with your supplier's cost and how they combine together. So if you really like a supplier, you think you want to work with this particular supplier, I would suggest you ask them the second level question after MOQ is how they arrive at that calculation. Think of asking this question as how HR would ask a prospective job candidate that hey um, tell me about yourself now in most cases when an HR asks a candidate tell me about yourself it's a very open-ended question what most HRs are trying to interpret is how articulate this candidate is how they can form their thoughts coherently how well they know about themselves because they if they don't know well about themselves and they cannot communicate about them to others how will this candidate work in in that environment with that company so this is the reason why hr and we always think why does always hr starts with tell me about yourself walk me through your cv stuff like that because most of that information is already there on the cv and that's why they shortlisted that candidate for the interview. So the reason is they simply want to ask so that the candidate is able to articulate themselves and present their thinking, their approach in a logical, coherent way. In the same way, your supplier should be able to present to you in a very logical, coherent way how they have come to a certain calculation of 200 pieces, 500 pieces, thousand pieces or whatever that MOQ number is in a very logical and coherent way. Now, I'm not saying you should ask this to every supplier that you are potentially talking to. Yes, you can filter pe people out based on the initial discussion. Okay, these are high MOQs, these are low MOQs. I get it. It's a small, low commitment thing. But once you are engaging with a supplier, once you are getting into a relationship with a supplier monetary transaction is about to happen then it becomes very very important for you to ask the second degree question which is how they come to that calculation supplier red flags now when you are about to establish that working relationship when you are about to make that payment and you are asking this second degree question it makes sense for a supplier to answer and it is absolutely necessary for you to receive an answer before you proceed. Now, there are a lot of suppliers who feel that 
the brands they need to figure it out and they need to do the hard work and the brand should automatically transfer money into their account for advance payments or sampling costs or whatever without them answering your queries and questions i think they are delusional and probably you will be stuck with a bad supplier because if they are not resolving your queries right now before you have placed an order most likely when you place an order they are still going to be very slow or probably delay your shipment altogether so it's a red flag your supplier should be able to explain in a very logical and coherent way how they arrive at moqs and everything else behind those numbers disclaimer now there is a caveat to this particular thing right now you are not in a monetary relationship with your supplier which means if your supplier is already famous has some social media presence is is having a sizable scale unlike your brand there will be many other brands asking for questions asking for inquiries and lot of other things so until and unless you have not committed to them they will also take some time to respond but i think if you are going in a sampling phase and if you are getting in closer to the relationship in my experience including with our own company we get lot of requests we are not always very responsive although we have kept a turnaround time of 48 working hours or two working days for example but sometimes we are also very slow in some response simply because there is too much backlog there are those exceptions i'm not saying that you know uh, have a very full heart stop thing that okay if a supplier is not responding they are bad not like that you should definitely understand where the supplier's scope is in terms of their operation in terms of their scale and whether you want to work with a large supplier a full package supplier or you want to work with a small supplier it's entirely up to you i have made a different video i'll include the link of how different suppliers differ from each other and which one should you work with uh it's a separate video it's not part of this video but for this video you should be very clear that beyond moqs you really need to ask how supplier is getting those calculations cost breakdown once your supplier responds to how they came up with moq calculation ideally they should include a cost breakdown if they have not included the cost breakdown you should ask why i am asking you to ask this question is because if you don't know what goes in there how will you know whether supplier x is higher than supplier y what happens if a supplier is giving you something at 2 dollars but they have not included any cost for quality control they have not included any cost for fabric checking they have not included any cost for for example fabric sourcing so your fabric may shrink they may have some damages because they have not included those cost anywhere and because you don't know the breakdown so everything is you know apples and oranges are pretty much the same for you right now so it's very very important for you to ask your suppliers for a breakdown of cost along with the logic behind the moq the third and most important part which 
many first time founders particularly skip is what are the usps of a particular supplier now every clothing supplier is unique in their own way even though they may look the same to you now every supplier could look the same at a very helicopter view very high level view pretty much all of them in the same place doing the same thing looks like a commodity but essentially every supplier is different and your experience with every supplier is going to be different like you should actually talk to at least 10 15 20 suppliers and understand how they are interacting with you how fast they are responses if they have a good website they have been providing a lot of content are they having good number of clients well known brands cases studies stuff like that so you will get a sense of their usp by studying their digital footprint for a certain extent but it is always important to ask your supplier what is their unique selling propositions or the usps i can give you an example of hula global for hula global we have only two usps or maybe three usps if you think of it time commitment the first one is time commitment now many suppliers try to lowball just to get an order and then you know figure things out on the way for us we have very thorough planning which also means we are delivering our products our shipments on time now this particular time factor is the most unique selling proposition for hula global it might not be true for other suppliers they may be like casual or flexible or you know they can delay but delay of shipment i can tell you there have been delays there have been two delays in last 10 years and i know them on my fingertips and i know why that happened so this is how critical this particular usp of time commitment is for hula global and we cannot compromise on that whether you want us to cut down the price and you want to say hey you know what i'm flexible with certain delays but give me the cheapest we will not do that because we know there is a certain level of service that we need to provide and our main benchmark is on time delivery transparency the second most important usp for hula global is transparency we always provide you a breakdown period if someone is giving you a blanket cost or a blanket moq without giving an explanation i would definitely encourage you to write directly an email to me flagging that person because everyone in our company is trained particularly customer success managers uh business heads each of them are trained to provide you with a very detailed breakdown and a logical step so we have to practice what we preach if we are telling you that you need to get moq breakdown and the logic from your suppliers then we should also be able to provide that and we have made this part of our own company culture that whenever we receive an inquiry we give every one of our potential clients every one of the potential brands that we could work with a very very detailed breakdown so that they can make a judgment whether it's with us or with some other supplier they are empowered to make that judgment 
quality control the third most important usp for us at hula global is quality control a large part of our portfolio brands have e-commerce as their distribution channel and if we don't run a very strict quality control process at our own end once the goods reach our customers warehouse and then they ship out to their own end users and then they face returns the cost of e-commerce returns are very high so we would rather send very selective 100% quality control zero defect products rather than trying to send more and more goods but could be defective so we have those quality control measures and in a way this is our another most important usp that kind of separates us from our peers where probably once you start working with them once you get the goods in your warehouse and you will probably experience that maybe they were not very efficient of in working with e-commerce brands particularly because you will probably be ending up with a lot of returns and a lot of return costs. Credit service is something that pretty much skips the conversation all the time. So you are probably going to focus a lot of energy on MOQs, pricing, cost, but maybe you are not thinking through what are the other services your supplier can provide now some suppliers cannot provide anything beyond product and moqs and that's okay but then there are some full package suppliers who have really really lot of tons of additional services uh, that you need to ask for example hula global has logistics so we not only take care of production part we also ensure that we are delivering the shipment on time to you there are some drawbacks to it we only specialize in shipping by sea so if you are looking at you know 200-500 pieces maybe our logistics team is not good enough but for shipping by sea we have very strong experience as well as a very strong network of CHAs, custom clearance agents, logistic vendors, free providers who are going to ensure the door-to-door delivery happens very smoothly another service that we provide at hula global is product development design and sourcing so for example you want your fashion brand to have certain products but you also want to have certain different packaging we can do that even though we are not doing packaging we can source good packaging for your brand for your branded products and in the same way we have in-house fashion designers, in-house product developers, we can take your idea from just a reference image to a full-blown sample and a full-blown line of products. Now, of course, these are value-added services. The prices differ from supplier to supplier. I would highly recommend that you get in touch with your supplier and verify their pricing for sampling, design, product development, logistics because all of these are very very separate from base product offering when you are talking about pricing moqs don't forget to ask question about payment terms now if you are working with a new supplier for the first time most likely you might be required to pay some additional upfront cost to 
or sometimes you might have to pay sampling plus advance so every supplier is different sometimes the same supplier can have different type of terms and conditions for different type of products they are doing sometimes the same supplier can have you know different terms for a new brand versus an existing brand with you know certain larger scale so these things are very important and you should always ask these questions when you are asking about pricing when you are asking about moqs payment terms should also be part of your qna it's also important to understand what are the capabilities of your supplier now why i say this is because if you are doing for example loungewear and your supplier will claim that they do loungewear as well which basically means loungewear is not their core competency so it's very very important that you ask your clothing manufacturer your clothing supplier what are their key core competencies for hula global we are a network of factories so each factory specializes in a very very specific product type and we have listed that out on our website you can definitely go and check out our catalog but and in the next video i am going to talk about how hula global or uh, factory aggregators different from clothing manufacturer versus export house versus garment house and different other stakeholders in the value chain i'm going to do a separate video for that i'll include the link in the description of this video so that you can go and watch different stakeholders but for now you should understand that when you are having this conversation about the pricing about moqs the payment terms you should definitely ask the suppliers core capabilities you should definitely ask your supplier whether they can supply raw materials or whether they can have control over the raw material now if you are doing small quantities maybe it's not a major issue for you but as you do custom development products for example if you are looking at this t-shirt you want a certain patch which is different and you are looking at you know some sort of embroidery here and you are looking at some tie dyes or something like that where you might need to do fabric related processing so it's very important that you understand how much control does your clothing supplier clothing manufacturer has over the entire value chain can they go up to yarn procure the yarn do the knitting weaving whatever in the process do the dyeing do they have those capabilities do they have people who are able to execute those uh, processes so even if you are not probably using now still a good thing as a practice that you should ask your supplier about their fabric capabilities quality control is something which very often becomes qualitative aspect rather than quantitative aspect now if you are looking at a supplier you not only need to ask i want good quality there is no such thing as good quality quality is based on very strict rigid parameters aql parameters uh, you can do 100% inspections you can run quality control charts so you need to understand 
what kind of quality control processes your supplier has and you need to ask them what is the cost corresponding to those quality control process now a lot of times uh, particularly fashion founders feel that if i ask about quality control cost most likely my supplier is going to bump up my prices so if your supplier quoted $5 and now when you ask them for cost of quality control and they probably could give you $6 and that's why if you are afraid to ask about quality control process well guess what you are wrong because if your supplier has not included cost of quality control in any of their calculation most likely they are not having anyone doing that you need specialized professionals to do the quality control quality control process is entirely different from production people who are doing the blue collar stitching work cutting finishing packing they are not the right people for doing quality control quality control is an absolutely separate department and essentially they are always at loggerheads with the production team now production team is always incentivized to ship more and more goods because their pay stru structure is aligned to the quantities they ship whereas quality control team on the other hand has all their incentives towards ensuring defect free, free products are shipped so you really need two separate people and team to manage this now if your supplier is not having a separate quality team or they are not putting the cost or you are afraid to ask simply your supplier what is the cost of quality control you are going to regret it later because if your supplier is not putting the cost anywhere in the costing sheet they are not putting a real human professional to do the quality check for your brand and it's a very very bad thing to happen for your brand certifications are nice to have unless you are looking at probably god sedex rap or you are operating at a scale where industry certifications are mandatory for your brand simply because of the scale at which you operate but it's very important that you should ask your supplier for some certifications now you may think why would a supplier showcase their certification most suppliers showcase their certifications even if they are not going to share that certification in terms of credits in terms of you know audit reports with you simply because you are not paying for the certification but they have already paid for the fixed cost of getting their facility certified getting their company certified by different organizations sedex wrap gods whatever those organizations are so it's nice to have even if you are not looking at certifications right away it's nice to know what kind of certifications your supplier has and it kind of gives probably gives you some sort of mental relief that all right my supplier has these certifications which basically means they have invested some money in getting certified so and not just money also time energy as well so it's very very important that you ask when when you are asking different questions to your supplier you ask for certifications as well 
Even if you don't need a certification, you should always ask your supplier for certification because this way you will know what your supplier is capable of. And most importantly, you have third party audit companies which are more experienced in evaluating suppliers evaluate your suppliers on your behalf without actually paying to them of course you won't get an audited report of course you won't get you know the details of the audit but if they have the certifications in a certain way it's it's kind of a nice to have thing and it separates them from probably other hundred uncertified suppliers at least Now, I understand that when you are working with a supplier for the first time, you are most likely not going to get any credit at all. And that's fine. But you cannot continue to keep making advance payments every time you order because you need to solve your working capital cycle. So here's how the working capital cycle works. Let's say in January 2024, you started sampling. You approved the samples in February 2024 and production started in Feb. Probably for two months, the production continues and it takes one month to ship from India to US, for example. So you get your goods in May. Now, in a typical scenario, when you're working for the first time with a supplier, you might be required to pay some upfront in the month of February when the production started and probably some in the month of April when they finish the production and ship you the goods. Now, when you flip the script and you say, hey, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask for credit because we have been working for quite some time, maybe a year, two years or whatever that timeline is, and I'm going to get, I need credit, as simple as that. So when you get credit, in reality, what happens is you don't pay anything in the month of Feb. You don't even pay anything in the month of April. So, for example, if you get a credit terms of net 60 days, which basically means that when you get your products in the month of May, you will have another 60 days to sell those products, use the proceeds to pay back your supplier. Now, this is a super awesome thing and you can literally manage your working capital like this where you get paid first and then your supplier but it's not going to happen on day one first year second year the early years you will have to fix your working capital cycle with your own hard-earned money or through funds wherever you know friends family and fools whatever is the right way for you but after year one, after year two, things gradually tend to improve. For us at Hula Global, we do provide financing. Work it, working capital financing is provided, but you need to have certain eligibility criteria, ideally a good credit score, at least one year of business relationship and stuff like that. So every good, decent supplier will have some sort of financing arrangement already in place. And that is ideally you should work with those suppliers because now if they have the ability to finance your growth particularly maybe not in the early days you can't literally ask a supplier for the first time when you are working for a credit it just doesn't make any sense but once you are 
working they need to have those financial capabilities to finance your growth as and when you need so please keep that financing capability in mind when you are asking the right questions to the supplier well that's it for today i hope you found our video useful do leave us a comment if you want to include some new topics or if there is something we missed out in today's video make sure that you also hit that subscribe button whenever we post a new episode new video new podcast you will be the first one to know so make sure that you are subscribed to our channel